0: Welcome to the Kinja's Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f**k we want.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of the Kinja's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. It's pretty common to praise the hardest worker in the room. Most often that hard work produces a result that wins games, closes deals, and essentially rises above the rest. Hard work in and of itself, though, doesn't always produce the best results. The great coach Vince Lombardi once said, practice does not make perfect, only perfect practice makes perfect. Simplifying, cutting out the excess that is unnecessary, and only doing what is needed to be most effective is what produces the best result. My guest today is dancer, creator, photographer, and movement technician, we have Kinja's very own Phil Garvin in the pod. And Phil lives by this philosophy of do only what is necessary, but do it relentlessly. And from his approach to dance, to the way that he sees art in his photography and design, um, is all consistent in the way that he thinks about everything. Do only what's necessary. Don't, don't waste time. Don't put anything that is unneeded And even when it comes to the way that he practices his movement to do the very least amount of effort to produce the most effective visual appeal or concept. And though that sounds very easy to do, actually cutting the excess is, it takes a lot more work because you have to actually look into what's being produced what your body will naturally do, and see if that's actually effective in producing a a concept or a visual that he's trying to achieve. And so being able to unlearn and and take out the things that aren't working to actually simplify it, and then being very relentless to practice it and putting in the hours and hours of essentially what can look uh, pretty crazy, um, but doing that in order to train his body, train his mind, And he actually applies this philosophy into everything that he does, even into the way that he lives life, to the way that he values things in life, and the way that he even defines the concept of success. And as you'll hear um, in this conversation, you'll see a consistent thread of how he views everything. And uh, he gets into the origins of where he started as a dancer to moving out to LA and joining the Kinjas. And um, the evolution of him, of him as, a, as an artist uh, from not only focusing just on dance, but where he's at with photography and design and, um, you know, with everything where it's at right now in the world, uh, how he's balancing creativity as well as his work life, as well as his personal life to his own uh, health uh, holistically from mental, physical, um, spiritual and creatively, all that stuff. And um, and where, how things have um, you know looked the same from the very beginning to how things are slightly changing. And so I think for those of you who have uh, requested um, Phil uh, to be on, I think this is a really really good uh, in depth look into the masterful mind of the blacksmith that is Phil Garvin. Another fun lightning round at the end. He threw some curveballs at me with some of his answers. And uh, just a really fun conversation. Um, I think there's a lot for the, the Phil Garvin Blacksmith fans out there. And uh, for myself, I learned a whole lot more of Phil that I, I didn't know about. I think that's it. This is a good one. Let's get into it. <laughs> folks, welcome back to another episode of the Kindra's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. Today, folks, we have a very special guest. You guys have been asking for him, and he's here. We have dancer, movement scientist, artist, creator, the blacksmith himself. We have Phil Garvin of the Kinjas finally in the pod (laughs) by popular demand. (laughs) Phil, welcome to the pod, my guy. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's good to finally have your dedicated episode. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, you have been requested, um, a few times and, you know, prior to COVID, I don't know, man, I think I've never used zoom, um, until COVID actually happened. And so a lot of it was like, oh, well, Phil uh, kind of has like a, a normal working schedule or like <laughs> a nine to fiver, if you want to call it that. So scheduling yeah. is always hard. Um, but you know, thanks to technology, we can get creative and do a via the interwebs i'm Uh, all about it dude so yeah man i'm very stoked to have you here bro um first of all you are one of my favorite movers of all time and uh i'm not just saying that because it's uh you know i'm not trying to just gas you up that's just legit (laughs) facts um but let's get into the origin story so we can kind of dig into the archives of uh where phil garvin came from Word. And, um, Word, you know, dancing, all that, had that even enter and yeah,
0: let's w- walk us through that. Michelle, uh, I don't know how far back we're going, but, uh, as far I mean, back was, as you want, bro. Uh, let's see. I was, I was born in New Mexico. Holy crap. Uh, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tight. Born in New Mexico, uh, military parents. So from New Mexico, uh, jumped over to Germany for a couple of years and then landed in the Bay area. After Germany, and then once my dad retired from the Air Force, uh, that's when we moved to like a suburb of Fresno called Clovis, um, which is where I, you know, pretty much grew up and went to school and all that good stuff. Um, dance, kind of, honestly, like my first like big introduction to dance was probably Breakin' the movie, mm-hmm. um, and so that was probably like. know like third grade Mm -hmm. i remember like uh some homies in elementary school he would be like oh my brother's like a liquid popper so i don't know if you remember when like liquid was like a thing yeah and it was just like dang that's so sick Blah, blah blah whatever so like mad people trying to jump on that and like um i always interestingly enough right like i've always connected with these like smaller subgroups because Clovis is very white. So minorities are, you know what I mean? Like the minority. Yeah. And so all of the minority groups, like the Hmong kids, like, you know what I mean? All, all the Asian groups, the black kids, the goth kids, like I connected with all of these subgroups of individuals yeah. that yeah. didn't kind of fit in the, the, the grander picture, you know? And so, um, that's kind of how I've moved and shifted in life. And so like a lot of those cats were like, you know, the Asian cats were always B-boying. And so some of my best friends were like a lot of the mom kids. So during lunchtime and like high school, it'd be, they open like a room up and go over there and just like get down and, Mm -hmm. uh, Then I don't know, you know, sea walking became like a thing. All the black kids were sea walking. So it's like, and then Harlem Shaking came around. So it's like all of the little groups that I associated with were always like dancing and and doing stuff. So that's kind of always been around. And, you know, like my family, like they love to dance and music and all that kind of stuff too. So,
1: and so what part of that dance culture did you find yourself gravitating most
0: naturally towards? Um. Well, so, like, I, I grew up listening to funk on vinyl. Mm-hmm. So, like, <clears throat> music-wise, I always listened to funk. And so I gravitated towards funk styles. So popping, locking. I did train at b-boying for a cool minute. Um, but still, like, you know, popping kind of took over. And honestly, like, my my whole thing was... I was never... I don't, I don't think that I was so much into the groove, even though like that was like a big part of my life coming up, but it was just the illusions of everything. Mm. So like, that's kind of why I deep dove into like roboting and, you know, quote unquote animation, because it's just like, yo, this like, you see it and it looks crazy and that's what attracted me to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm a very like, uh, I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. So, I want things to look a certain way. Like I like art that looks a certain way. It's not so much an emotional thing for me. It's pretty much purely aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um so as you gravitated towards
1: uh I guess yeah, I uh animation, uh robot, um the world of like iso, right? Um so you know, in, in the few years that I've like actually been able to share the space with you in the, in the dance realm. Um, and I've, you know, taken your classes, you, um, the way that you teach, I think it's your philosophy, your philosophy of movement that I find to be so intriguing because it's, uh, it's not what you would normally expect to hear, um from a teacher you know especially let's say if you go into you know quote unquote uh an iso class whether it be labeled as popping or not um you're gonna learn foundation techniques here's how to hit here's what you're you know where the the hits coming from whether it's in the forearms or you know what i mean from your chest and you're from the your core you I, I guess the way that i describe what you do is like the art of like popping without popping, you know, it's like a very Bruce Lee sort of Jeet <laughs> Kune do way of moving. And, um, and the reason why I, you know, maybe even related to like a Jeet is it's so effective yet, um, very minimal, you know, it's, it's the, the least amount of, or not, not to say the least amount it's cut out. What, whatever is not necessary mm-hmm. only do what is necessary for it to have the desired effect uh which you know first you got to understand that up here the philosophy of that and then comes the application to your body physically and then you know i've seen you do like things like this for hours (laughs) and i'm like he's still doing that why why is he still doing that but you know of course there's a there's a, a method to the madness and so yeah yeah I want to trace that back where in the origin stories of you being so intrigued with the world of like animation and robot and, and then developing this, uh, I guess, training method for yourself.
0: All right. So there's a, I don't know what you would call them, but essentially like this teacher, right. Named Tabo, and like, I don't, I don't really have a title for him. Cause I, I just view Tabo as like a good friend, you know, but he is responsible for kind of training a lot of the highest level, you know, poppers, animators, whatever you want to call them. You're, you know, he's, he's had an influence on, in their dance in some way, like, you know, like Slim Boogie, for instance, like Tabo is his only teacher. Wow. Um, and so Tabo kind of took what uh, Bob and Andre did and um, I don't know, essentially just kind of tried to like replicate it. Right. And like spread it and teach it and, and all that good stuff. And um, so I, I learned the technique from Tabo. Right. And then I would practice a lot with like Jordan, uh, Jordan McLaughlin who's like one of the craziest underground dancers on the planet um, you know, slim, kumse, um, they always do their like super late two, three AM parking lot sessions. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I would always find these like times and people to train with. And then really, um, there was this session at our buddy Siyoshi's apartment and he had like a underground parking area that we would practice at. And Long Tran would come to these practices. So Long is like Tavo's Bruce Lee. Like if Tavo was it Man, Long is Bruce Lee. Got it. Right? So um, Long would come to these practices. And like, you also see him like occasionally at Homeland. But like at the practices, Long was never serious. Like ever. (laughs) So we gravitated towards each other because we would always joke around at practices and it was fun. Right. A lot of the philosophies that I hold actually came from long. Long is the one who really taught me about moving efficiently. And so like moving, not just moving efficiently, but like muscle memory too. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not so much about like, uh, I don't know it, 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 it makes it less, uh, I'm trying to think of a good, a good way to put it. It's, it's just a task at that point that you have to like complete. Right. It's like, I, if I do this thing X amount of times, then I will get X result. Like it's more tangible as mm-hmm. opposed to like, what does this feel like? What is this? It's like, if, if, if you do it enough time, if you want to get really good at like, you know, isolating something then just isolate that thing over and over and over and over again and you'll essentially like you have no choice like your body's going to remember those movements those neurons are going to get strengthened and then that's how you build that muscle memory so long is really the person that taught me about like moving efficiently and once i learned that it was like yo Mm. that is the way because like you don't get tired all the time you're not sweating (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah wow okay yeah so that concept of no movement and no energy wasted it's all going towards a tangible result Mm -hmm, Um, that's a very logical approach to (laughs) you know anything like right yeah i guess it's um let's say like working out right you don't have to be creative to work out. You don't have to be inspired to work out. You just have to work out, right? right. Like you just have to get it's, your butt to, you know, go to the gym or whatever it is, lift those weights and, and, you know, get out there and run. You do it enough. Um, and you do it consistently enough. You're going to see results. Like that's right. just, it's a, it's a thing that happens from just a re- repeated action. Um, yeah. and then that repeated action done over, and over and over again, over time, you will get results. Um, very, yeah, very much logical. Um, now I, I remember, um, having a a conversation with you where, you know, I think you were talking about practice. Um, Mm -hmm. but then there's correct practice and there's incorrect practice or you could say efficient or inefficient practice right you can do something over and over and over again in the quote-unquote wrong way well i guess that's what you're teaching yourself is to do it that way all the time exactly as opposed to taking the time um you know even i I guess uh, you know whatever i'll take it back to working out you know when you know when I go to the gym, I see all kinds of people who work out. They're just like pumping and the form is like not even there, but they're just like going and they're just like pumping. And then you see the other people who are like, you know, doing their reps very carefully, time under mm-hmm. tension, looking at themselves in the mirror to make sure that they're not, you know, bending forward too much or not leaning back but to make sure their core is stable. Like, yeah. There is there is a lot going on, you know, in the mechanics of let's say a simple arm curl, there's a lot more going on than just the bicep and this motion. There's a core engagement. There's a posture. There is, you know what I mean? And, um, and then, yeah, like the, the timing of which you're, you're allowing your arm to go up and down. And that is also, you know, going to, um, contribute to proper form, to engaging the muscles correctly and also to keep you from like injury and things like that. Right. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, your, your, um, your concept of practicing correctly, Mm -hmm. um, uh, can can you go a little bit deeper into, um, your, your mental state about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That philosophy. So,
0: um, this is so like your, your body doesn't know the difference between what looks good and what doesn't your body can only record the actions that you do. So if you're constantly doing something that looks whack, your body's going to be like, Oh, you do this thing all the time. So I need to find a way to make that thing more efficient. Um, if you do something that looks dope, your body takes the same, you know, measures for that action as well. So if you understand that, like, it's not about, uh, it's not about speed. Right. So a, a big thing in dance, like everybody wants, everybody wants everything right now. Everybody wants everything so fast. And like the, the first step to like most, pretty much anyone that's teaching body control will tell you like step one, do things really slowly, mm. like really slowly. So like, if it takes you, you know, okay, I'm going to move my, my hand from like waist high to shoulder high. Right. Right. And it's like, all right, it's gonna do this in like eight counts. You count off those eight counts. It's like, okay, now I'll do it in 16 counts. Now I'll do it in 32 counts. i do it in 64 counts. Now just try to do it like through the length of this song. Like, mm. and try to do it in a way that you don't see those jumps and mo, you know what I mean? Like you're not jumpy, you're not like stuttering. Like, try to just keep that motion smooth and slow and feel all of the muscles like when they're activating at which point and like how you can keep that motion going smoothly. Once you figure something out slow, the speed will come. So like a big, like the, the, the end result with a lot of like the technique that I use, right. Is like vibrating. You want to be able to vibrate through motion. And so when you think about that, you immediately just start shaking back and forth really fast. And it's like, no, no, like just you got the shaking back and forth part right, but you need to start slow. Mm. Your body, like, your body's gonna record the motion, whether you do it fast or slow. So start slow so you can do it correctly and build the speed over time. That's good, man. I'm like It's, it's
1: making so much sense because, um, yeah, even, you know, the way that I, my defaults for learning, um, let's say choreography, um, it's all based off of visually what I see. And then immediately my, my initial instinct is to just do it in the way that I saw it without mm-hmm. even really understanding like what, what, what are the mechanics? What, like, what, where's the weight leaning to, is it the left leg that goes behind the right is, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not really, um, understanding like what's happening and immediately thinking I need to regurgitate what I just saw in the speed in which I saw it with the same mm-hmm. energy. And then it just ends up being a disaster. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you, and then I had to teach myself, like break it down do it slowly. And, um, you know, i never learned it. Uh, I never learned it in the, in the way where someone was explaining to me, you, yeah, you have to be able to do it slow in order to do it fast. And so you learn that with time. And I think that, I mean, that as a life principle applies, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, we can get in a whole, a whole bunch of things that we can apply that to, but, you know, specifically with, um, with movement training and with dance, like, yeah, like there's, um, so many fundamental things that are happening that, um, you know, like just even you're talking about the, the lifting of your arm, like, what are you feeling? Is it just you wor- worrying about the A to the B, but like, not really feeling like, okay, here's where I'm feeling fatigue at this point. Like, exactly, you know, like, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's being, I guess it's, it's really essentially, teaching yourself to be aware of everything that's happening. And, um, you know, even like, uh, in, in like fighting, right. They say that, um, you know, you're going to resort back to the most fundamental level of your training. That's as best as you're going to be in a fight. You're not going to be able to do anything extra. (laughs) You're going to be able to do the bare minimum of what you've trained to do, you know? So like, if you've taught yourself like these things, like these things are drilled into Mm -hmm. your, 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 your brain, your nervous system, you know, it's, it's, it's all, you know, trapped into the the software, right? Like it's there. And that's how you're going to be able to you know, um, I guess externally communicate that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's
0: what makes this sort of thing very like, like I'm horrible at choreography, right? Because choreography, if you, if you think of it like school, like choreography is a test. You need to take in a bunch of information really fast and then pass the test. And like, I'm (laughs) not a good test taker. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like if you throw some critical thinking questions at me, sure, then it's game on. Right. And that's kind of how I see the two. Like when I learn choreography from people, I already know that like I'm out of my realm. So like the movement aspect is no longer important to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't learn all of these movements in the hour, really like 40 minutes of teaching and then like 20 minutes of doing that we're Mm going to be present. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I'm taking choreography stuff, it's just like, I just want to understand the decision-making of the choreographer. Like why are you placing these movements at these particular places at these Mm -hmm. times and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. So like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons. Like if you're, if you're trying to, make it in the choreo world like this is a this is a hard to well
1: let me let me pause you for a second like i don't i, don't, I wouldn't throw you in this you know g- generalized category as like oh you you don't do choreo like i've seen you freaking murk some choreography and you know what i mean and and i, I think, get by well, <laughs> i think what we're maybe talking about is a certain style of movement when it comes yeah, to yeah. choreography. Um, but you know, you as a creator yourself, you choreograph, you make up quote unquote routines, you know, structured movement to, you know, very specific, you know, sections of music, which is essentially what choreography is, right? Yeah, for sure. Creating, I
0: think is a little bit different than learning though.
1: Got it. Okay. So let's tap into that. Um, you, so you coming up as, uh, you know, just like everyone else, you, you get into the the uh the game of dance because it's fun you know you saw something and inspired you there's a group of people that also do that around you you guys become a community and then it just kind of like you know takes off from there um at what point for yourself um did you decide like hey i want to take this um and put stretch myself uh put this on other people i want to see visually what i can create with someone just out more than just myself and you know um where did where did the the
0: creator side of phil get born uh so i mean i've i've been creative my whole life i've always done art drawing you know this that and the other um for dance specifically so uh after high school started off at uh fresno city my game plan was i'll be at City for two years, I'll run track, and then I'll scholarship up into state or some other UC, like, whatever, right? Uh, Get hurt. no real backup plan. So I was like, well, let me check out Sacramento. And I went uh, to school in Sacramento for a semester. And while I was there, I met uh, this girl, Ashley, and she had this group called Automatic Legends. And so I started to dance with automatic legends loosely, but that was like my gateway into the world of like what we would call collegiate choreography. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the first things that we went to was one of like Greg Chapkiss's I don't know, competitions, whatever it was, but just seeing like, Oh snaps, there's a world that exists where large groups of people create dance routines and compete. I was like, oh, snaps, right? Hmm. So I didn't like Sacramento, but I also didn't want to, like, stop dancing. So when I moved back to Fresno, I just kind of, like, hit the homies up and was like, yo, like, I think we could do this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get together and start practicing and, like, all that good stuff. Um, and so you know, we link up, we're practicing like we're bad, of course, like and it's just as time goes on like, we finally got to a point where it's just like, let's try to compete you know, um, our first competition was like breakthrough 2009 or something like that um and then from there, it's just like just kind of stayed in it, right? And it's like We would never like place or like do particularly well, Um, but we just kept like at it. And one of the biggest things that I've always kind of held in like that creative space is like everyone that came, because like I used to compete a lot in like NorCal and then I would like pop into SoCal every once in a while. Mm. But like no matter where you went, it's like dang, like all the people up here dance like this all the people down here dance like this and we're in the central valley. Like we're right in the middle. So we don't have like a style. We don't have a, there was no one for us to learn from. This is all just grassroots done on our own. Like, so everything was kind of just created in house. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that was one thing that I held on to like super hard. It was just like, at least when I go to competitions, I won't look like anybody else. <laughs> so like, mm. whether it's good or it's bad, like I'll stand out. <laughs> right. Right. And so, uh, you know, after a while, like my first group was on point. And then from on point, I really, like, I got to a point where I was like, I want to like oh, compete like hard. Like I want to win something. Mm. And so that's, that's where beta O O came from was just mm-hmm. like, yo, I'm trying to win some ish. Right. (laughs) And so beta, like, like on point practice hard, but beta practice super hard. And so, um, yeah, dude, beta was like that push and it was like after a while it was like third place second, but actually one of the most interesting things, once we created beta, we were like no more scorecards. So at the end of every competition, everyone goes and collects their scorecards Somewhere in one of the Kinja's facilities, there is a box, and in that box, all of the Beta O1O scorecards are in there, and they're still sealed. <laughs> <laughs> we never looked at scorecards because we were like, if we start looking at this stuff, yeah. it's going to influence how we move. Uh, so we were like, "F it! Like we don't care. We don't care if you think we should be more this, more that, like." It's that idea of like we're just gonna get so good at this shit that we're doing, like you'll yeah. we'll have no choice but to recognize us. Yeah. Oh, so, after grinding and grinding, Wad twenty twelve, man, that was our that was our big one. That was our sweep. Yeah, I remember that one, dude. And then,
1: I mean, this was prior to me knowing who you were, but I remember Mike. Mike's song was like, "Yeah, that's that's Phil's crew." I was like, "Holy crap! I get it now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, That's dope, man. I mean, I think that mentality itself is dope. Um, You know, not wanting to be swayed by a scorecard, you know, at the end of the day, sure. You, you, if you're going to enter a competition, who, who enters a competition wanting to lose? Everyone's there to win, but not everyone is necessarily there for themselves in the sense of like, we just want to represent us, and if us representing us wins, great. But if that doesn't work, we're not going to try to like, well, what do we tweak next time to maybe right. like, you know, be a, be a little bit more relevant in this realm. And and ultimately that is what makes you stand out. And so, you know, when I look at a group like Beta, um, I mean, I don't know any of the other, other, other individuals other than yourself, but, you know, when I look at Phil Garvin, um, you are – one of one you know you you stand out to me in a category of yeah sure i can say you dabble in the you know robot or you know like sure i'll just call you just an animated iso movement master scientist mathematician dude like you are a technician in a way where um nobody moves like you and i think um, the cool thing about that is not just that you're like, oh yeah, you're just unique, but you've mastered something, um, like so to the T and, um, and I think you still carry that, like, I don't care what's on the scorecards. Like, you know, as you mentioned Um, you know dance now like if i if you wanted to make it in like say the choreography world or the commercial industry like there's a there's a a way to do that and Mm -hmm. you're obviously aware of that but if you wanted to do that you would have pursued training in that way but you're you haven't and you're very much um very happy in your lane as it seems (laughs) yeah yeah, for sure definitely Very much running in
2: that at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at kinestheticbrand.
1: Okay, so uh, as I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, the transition into Kinja's, you know, I think Kinja's is very not what beta is and probably (laughs) not what, um, you know, the, what was going on up in, you know, NorCal scene. And, Mm -hmm. um, there's such a, a mixture of movers, uh, talent level is very, you know, it's obviously it's so mixed and diverse. Uh, we have a buffet, I would say of, you know, um movement geniuses, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so for you to um join um the Kinjas, like what was that process like? What was your attraction to Kinjas? Um yeah, let's
0: get into that origin okay. story. So um I will say first like uh Mike's song was always like a huge inspiration just movement wise. And, you know, was one of the first people to really kind of like start using the mess out of YouTube. So like his content was accessible. Yeah. So that's, um, seeing someone who moved that way, it was like, yo, this dude right here, like he's the one, right? Like, uh, so eight months prior to, so I moved to LA in December, 2011, right? um world of dance was in august of 2012 so like every weekend i was driving three and a half four hours back and forth to fresno uh to practice and then i would come back to la work for the week drive back to fresno yeah Yeah. so and then of course if you saw that set there was like a giant prop that i was building like the whole you know like it it was a wild ride right so uh after wad anthony anthony lee was judging and he came up to me he was like yo dude like that was nuts like blah 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 we exchanged numbers so at first anthony would be because he didn't know i lived in la and he was like oh snaps like Mm -hmm. yo let's let's exchange numbers right so at first he was like yo i'm teaching at boogie zone like come through and like just be a guest in my class right so i would go and then like another time, maybe like two or three times he just hit me up to like come guest in his class. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, yo, like, uh, I have this, we have a showcase for culture shock coming up. Like, are you down to like collab on a piece for culture shock? It's like, Oh yeah, of course you gotta be dope. Yeah. And so, uh, we created this piece to, I think it was buy you a drink or something. Uh, <laughs> some tea, some tea pain drink. Right. Yeah. Uh, So we collabed on this thing for Culture Shock. And after the collab, he was like, yo, like, would you be down to being Kenja's? And, like, it sounds like a very, like, that's it. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, like, the funny thing was, before I moved to L.A., like, Wad was going to be, like, my last thing. And I was, I, I had, like, you could ask anyone in Fresno because they were like, oh, like when you move, like, are you going to dance still and blah, blah, whatever. And like, before I was out here, I was like, the only team that I would be interested in being a part of is Kinjas because it just looks like they just have fun. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm referring to like on the black ops when everyone was just like, yeah. Oh, let's get on stage and take shots and do dumb stuff. Right? Yeah. So yeah. like the good at old the times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, it was like, to me, it was like, they just look like they have fun. So I don't really want to like do this with any, like I'm not interested in anything else. So, um, it would just be Kenji's. And it just so happened that when I moved here, you know, Anthony was like, yo, come guest class. Let's collab. Like you want to be in Kenji's. Hmm. Um, There was, like, uh, so that was probably, let's see, August. August was World of Dance. And then, you know, shortly after that, however many months, maybe, like, May, June or something like that, he's like, yo, you want to be in Kim 2013, right? There was mad time (laughs) where Kim just didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, so (laughs) does this thing even exist? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, I don't know, dude, to, like, 2015. So it was a long time yeah, dude, where I was yeah. just like, yeah, I guess I'm in Kenja's, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how the whole Kenja, I remember my first Kenja's rehearsal was on my birthday. Okay. I didn't tell anyone. And then at the end they were like, Oh snap, it's your birthday. They took me in and out to like, <laughs> whatever, right. <clears throat> And that's when like uh, I had, I had, there was a time where like we had drove like five hours to catch this Kaba modern workshop in West Covina. It's like Mike Song, Tony Tran, Cindy Arnell, I think were the teachers. Uh-huh. And I like asked Mike, I was like, yo, do you remember this workshop? And he'd be like, yeah. And I was like, do you remember like a group of kids that like came out from Fresno for that workshop? And his eyes were just like, Oh snaps. You were that kid. I was like, yeah, bro. <laughs> hey, that's oh. pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty tight,
1: man. That's, that's a cool, uh, f- and it's a fun origin story. Yeah. It's, you know, um, that, that that's like the birth of a crew, right? You know, crews are just, um, no, it's not a dance company. It's not, it's not even necessarily collegiate though. Um, you know, a lot of us had uh, run in that scene in the collegiate scene for a long time. And then, you know, Kinjas came about in 2010. This was even before I was a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I joined like a year after you did. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, to see the origins of uh, Kinjas and how Kinjas has evolved, to um you know being able to be in the same space with you and um you know learning from you and um you know i think the the first time i actually really got to kind of share uh actual sort of like space and and brain brain power with you was when we did after hours right when uh yeah, um, yeah Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you had already kind of been messing with the song and I had like the first verse We're like, yo, let's, should we kind of do something with this thing? You know, um, you know, it just kind of organically kind of happened. And to this day, man, I think that's probably probably my favorite project that I've ever worked (laughs) on, you know, like for myself and, and like, um, you know, to do it in such a way where we wanted to have fun with it and we wanted to like, like, yo, let's go in, you know, from yeah. the costuming <laughs> to the concept. And then, you know, this is when, you know, King's Chronicles was like, we were trying to develop this universe. <laughs> and, um, yeah, man, we, we really went in on that one. And, um, and like, yeah, just being able to create a concept with you and, and, and kind of draw that out. And, um, this is actually, at, I mean, after you had already done, the black, the introduction to the blacksmith when, when, uh, you guys were in that, was it that steel mill or (laughs) yeah, uh, Adam's forge? Yeah, (laughs) dude, those are some really really good times, man. Yeah. Um, so, okay. As, um, you know, as a creator, you know, you mentioned that you were always, uh, into art, you know, as a kid and, uh, you know, when you add dance into that, the way that you train, the way that you create as a dancer, uh, carried that same sort of, um, aesthetic more for the aesthetic, how something looks versus how something feels. And, um, and I understand, uh, you know, within the past few years, I've seen your, um, yeah, the, the artistry evolve into other mediums as well, you know? So you mm-hmm. have, um, was it PGPMD? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so with like photography movement and design, um, was that a, or was that something that had always existed within your realm of artists or art and, um, your interest in stuff like that? Or did that kind of become a new venture
0: along the way? So I've always been into photography. Um, photography has kind of been like a a part of, you know, obviously we use it for like documenting history. Right. So like with anything else that I've ever been a part of, like sports, um, you know, growing up, I would skate, ride bikes, um, super into cars, like me my dad, my brother, you know what I mean? Like from, I don't know, my whole life, like there's always been this aspect of like taking pictures. Right. So like, I would spend like mad allowance on like, uh, disposable cameras and just like snap everything, you know? So I've always loved photography. Um, in high school, I got into graphic design. I did a regional occupation program where you go off campus to learn like web design and graphic design. Um, even with like, you know, the on point beta days, like all the flyers and all that kind of, like I would create all that stuff. Um, so I've always kind of been like involved in it and enjoyed it. I would say over the past five years is where i have like, you I don't know if you, uh, ever do something. And then like you get to a point where you're like, I'm either going to be really good at this or I'm just going to like, like, eh, I'm, you know, it's whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, With photography, it was like, I feel like I could be really good at this. Mm. And I just went into this like hardcore study mode. And it'd be like, you know, YouTube, books, tutorials, whatever. Anything that I found useful or that like, even like to this day, like there could be a, a YouTube video that'll come up on my feed about some shit that I already know that I know, but I'll still watch it. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I can learn something here.
2: You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. so,
0: um, yeah, like I've, I've always kind of enjoyed these mediums and over the past five years, I just kind of deep dove into them. And now it's something that I can do on the side and, yeah, you know, make, make some extra scratch with, but also like, I've always been like a storyteller. Like my, my brain operates that way. So like, um, I don't really do like, for instance, I don't take a lot of portraits. I make very storied imagery. Mm. Um, I love film. Like I love the storytelling process. Even when I'm choreographing or creating dance stuff, like I'm not like, Oh, here's a song and here's some movement. Um, back in like the beta days to put up a set together, I would be like, okay guys, like there's this machine and it's got this lever and this lever is lifting this thing, right. And this thing is weighted by this mechanism. So we need to make it look like we're this machine and it's got this lever and this thing is happening. So it's like, I always described my movement as a scene of some sort. Mm. So that's just the way my brain works. Mm.
1: I love that, man. That's super. It's so apparent. Um, yeah, I'm seeing a thread, um, you know, from, you know, seeing your photography, uh, understanding you as a mover and as a creator, um, even like the dance stuff that you do put out, you're not a, um, let me just drop a few hot eights and be out. (laughs) You, you You have an intro, you have a middle, you're from your costuming to the, you know, even to this, this music choice. Um, and there's always this, yeah, there is a narrative, whether it's super clear or not, it's narrative nonetheless. And, um, that's, I see that in the way that you create man, and that's super dope. Um, you know, I I would say within the past uh, few years as well, I've also seen, um, Uh, a shift and an evolution even within the past few years for you um you know i think uh maybe it's because of you know the other art forms maybe taking a little bit more precedence in your life do you feel that dance for you now um, has changed at all in terms of your focus on it or your um even just basic like passion for it you know like what what is what is dance like for you these days
0: um so i'll i'll describe it like this like i'm not interested in being rich but i want to be rich with my friends (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. so like that's that's how dance is for me so being a part of kinjas it's like kinjas has a ton of stuff going on and so it's very hard because I work, uh, essentially like a nine to five, right. Uh, it's very hard to sort of find time to create and be in that space with your friends. And I'm not so much the dude that just wants to be the best. Like I want to be good, but I really want to make stuff with my homies. And so like, if I can't, do that then it's like i'll find other things that i can do with other homies <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so um i still and like over time like I, you just get old and your body breaks down and like it is what it is but like yeah. i still would be very interested in like creating things mm-hmm. like movement-based video projects you know this that whatever um as long as i got to do it with like the people that i'd like to do it with like Mm -hmm. i have got to do it with my homies so Mm -hmm. um i've never really been the kind of dude that's that's why like you know even though like i've done battles and stuff like that like they never really interested me because it's such a it's an individual sport right Mm -hmm. um even someone who like ran track you know like track was track is an individual sport but like i did it because i enjoyed being with the team right so um yeah like i still enjoy dance i just don't like to do it by myself all the time <laughs> totally totally hear you oh that's yeah. that's really what that's all about yeah
1: <laughs> Well, dang, bro. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but we're in the middle of a weird pandemic right now, where everything's pretty much just shut down, and we've all been gifted with endless amounts of time. <laughs> I mean, There's a lot of time to create some stuff. Yeah, dude. You, know, you already uh, know. I'm, yeah. I'm well, dude. Well, well, we will we will continue this conversation <laughs> offline. But no, that's great because um, you know you're you're speaking right into uh, everything that our our headspace has been in. Um, you know, as, as a crew, um, as a crew first, I mean, you know, uh, what I love about kinjas is, um, it's an ever growing organism. It's not this, all right, cool. We're done. Let's, let's shut our doors and we're, we're good with where we're at. It's, it's constantly evolving. Um, you know, it, it looks different from year to year. And, uh, as I said, yeah, an ever growing organism and, um, and I, I think that's what makes me love it is, um, being able to grow, you know, and growth comes with change, uh, change isn't always comfortable. Um, it's definitely not always easy and, uh, but you know, we're always up for that. And so, um, you know, as, as, uh, as much as this year is tough because, you know, that goes without saying, um, I, I am, uh, excited for the growth opportunities because when, You know, when you hit a giant reset button on things, it's like, cool. Everything's kind of like, everything's off the table. Now it's all fair game to kind of, uh, let's put whatever we feel like we want to put back on the table, whatever we feel like is important. And I think, um, creating, uh, and, and, uh, and loving it at the core level of doing it with the homies, you know, and taking it back to the times where it's like, yo, let's just create and have fun. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, the stuff that you have fun creating Translates like people like yo. That looked like that was a lot of fun. Just like how you were saying, yep. you know, in the Mamba Black Ops days, man, these guys look like they're having the time of their lives because yeah. they were. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they were obviously just living it up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I, I love that, um and we will definitely uh, get into that space, bro. Um, so you know, given given the the current snapshot of uh, you know twenty twenty pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, uh, a lot of things brought to light in terms of, you know, just existing issues with racial injustices to, you know, just, uh, yeah, man, so many things, economy, yeah. unemployment, um, you know, isolation, all these things that, um, you know, are, are very easy to let those things, um, kind of, you know weigh you down and things like that Mm -hmm. um for yourself in a time like this um how do you how do you stay moving in terms of like overall health whether that be physical mental um emotional what what is what does artistry look like for you in in times like this uh how are you moving during these times to um
0: ultimately just stay afloat and keep going uh so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, physical, you know, I run, um, try to hit two to three miles a day. Um, little workouts here and there, but running is kind of like my, my vice right now. It has been for a few years, just throw on the headphones, getting man, dude, going. I've been
1: going in, man, five
0: K, five K. It's the best. Yeah. So, uh, run and exercise. Um, I try to cook as often as I can, um, you know, my family, like my 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 family, is super dope. So, like, I've got three cousins out here right now. Um, Shaya, one that we had on the yeah, podcast. Shout out Shea. Her and yeah. yeah, yeah, her and her twin sister Chelsea. My cousin Anthony. They all live in LA right now. Cool. Um, you know, and and we like. You know, we have like group threads with family, so all my aunts and uncle, and um, you know my my family's just super dope. So as far as like just mental, you know, yeah. you need to you need to laugh or you need to talk to someone or like whatever it is, like like my family's sick. So mm. um, you know, I, I'm blessed. I'm I'm blessed in all regards. Like I'm blessed to have my family. When things really started popping off, like. I had people reaching out to me like to make sure that I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? And like not a lot of minorities, people of color, like that are really going through shit have that, you know what I'm saying? So like, um, like that, like the, just, just my overall camp is, is incredible. So, um, you know, in, in all of the, the shit that's hitting the fan, uh, rightfully so, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, uh, i'm doing my work on that front but to stay like not lose myself in in all of it like i would definitely say like my camp and just you know get out in the world and run around for a little bit yeah
1: i hear it man yeah it's all it's all very uh simple things simple yet very effective which is Phil Garvin philosophy, right? yeah. Yeah. you don't, you, not, don't need, you don't need extra, extra complicated. Yeah. You don't need the clutter. Um, the simple pleasures ultimately are the things that, um, affect you the most, both yeah. positively and negatively. Right. If you, if you yeah. lack, if you're lacking those basic things, that does a lot to you also. So definitely. Yeah, yeah man, that's just really good. Um, I think you kind of touched on this, but I- I'd love to hear your, your perspective on the concept of success. Well, how would you define
0: success for yourself? That is a good question. Um, there's so my parents, right? Like my dad's retired twice. Like my mom is retired to retire retired yeah. twice. Yeah, my right. back, I, retired, I retired twice. That's pretty gangster, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh my mom's about to retire. Like they have a really nice house. They have really nice stuff. They're very comfortable. Like they're the that like middle class comfort. I can retire and just, you know what I mean? Like coast mm-hmm. off into the sunset. Like that's that's my parents, right? And so, like, and for them, they would be like, like that is success. And I look at my parents, and I'm like, I will, pro- I will probably never experience that level of comfort. <laughs> like in my life, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. like that is successful. And then I have like, you know, my cousin, like Shea just got her PhD. Chelsea's like doing like, uh, urban planning whatever with JP Morgan, like their, their mother is an an attorney, like chief lobbyist for LA County. I have an aunt who's the interim CEO of the Dallas Mavericks. Like I (laughs) see (laughs) successful people and like interact with successful people all the time. Right. right? Right. Or like what we, what we envision a successful person to be, um, for myself, I kind of feel like uh, I, I don't really uh, think much these days about my success. I think more about the six, like how can I contribute to the success of those around me? Um, you know, like I, I have a, a really close friend who I call my little sister who's about to move to Madison, Wisconsin, right? She's doing her like uh, she's gonna be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, uh, really smart stuff. <laughs> um, and so like I'm gonna help her move to Madison, right? And she's kind of like I've kind of just like been there for her for since she was like you know 14 years old. And so like, to me, like I see her success and I feel successful (laughs) Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, uh, I'm not so much focused on like, what am I, like how much money am I making? And like, you know what I mean? Like what, what am I, uh, what am I, what am I gaining or whatever? It's more like, I feel more successful when I'm contributing to something else that is successful mm-hmm. so
1: that's good man that's good i mean you, you said it earlier too where you're you're rich in like your friends you're rich in the people that um you surround yourself with and being able to celebrate the successes of other people you know when they're going after whatever it is they're going after and they achieve it to to celebrate that and to have that you know be a part like you said your camp right your camp is so strong that um, that you you
0: thrive off of that as well. Yeah, I mean it's you know I, I don't I mean I I, don't, I know that's I don't know if that's necessarily like a, a definition of success. That's just kind of how I feel like. No, senior, uh,
1: that's what I'm saying. You know? I, I asked this question to everybody because back that term that concept is uh it's subjective you know um and i think it's important uh the reason why i ask everybody is because i like to get so many versions of that out there for the listening audience to know that there isn't one definition um and 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 you know pick and choose from whoever uh that you will whatever works for you and to know that there isn't one way to live this life there isn't one way to go about pursuing a career or, you know what I mean? Like there are so many different ways, but, um, you know, don't get it twisted. It's important to know what you define as success because whatever that is for yourself, you at least need to know it so that you have a marker for yourself. Like, as long as I'm living in my definition of it, because at the end of the day, everybody wants to achieve this, you know, elusive you know, idea of success, right? Like right. we all want to be like, yeah, I'm successful. Is like, well, what is success? It's like, Oh, I'm not too sure. Is it like, whether, well, how do you know you're successful? You
0: don't even know what it is. You know? So I think, it's, yeah, I, I guess when I think about it, it's like, I could be like, I would like to have more money. Right. Like, or I would like, sure. to, I would like to own property or whatever. But I, I think specifically like success is like, if I can look up one day and see like, you know, Dr. Renee Gutierrez and like, I know that I've, Done X Y Z to kind of help her on her path, or like you know what I mean, like my other little sister Betty, or like my boy Dre, or the people that have really been there for me, like in in they would look at me like going through all of the dance stuff, it's being like, dang, like you grinded from the, from nothing, and then like went to World of Dance and won, and then like, became a kenji like that's that's they they helped me with that quote unquote success, right? Mm-hmm. So like for me, it's like yo like all these people that have been here for me all this time, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do whatever I can to get them to wherever they want to go. So yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good,
1: man. I love that. I love it. Um, if it's cool, man, I want to get into a lightning round with you. i yeah. let's do it. Throw some questions at you. Got to come quick with it off the top. Here we go. Lightning and three, two, one. What's your favorite movie?
0: Ooh, favorite movie. Golly, that's I'm such a film buff, man. Oh man, I hit you with the hardest oh, one then. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare
1: Before Christmas. Okay, sick. What is your quarantine
0: guilty pleasure? Ooh, quarantine guilty pleasure. Right now, it's uh, HBO Max. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. One for
1: HBO. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's your favorite anime of all time?
0: Ooh, favorite anime. I mean, it's, it's like a Bias answer honestly like it's probably dragon ball z just because i spent the most time watching it but as like a short you know i don't know episodic film afro samurai is oh yeah man come on bro yes
1: (laughs) finish this thought this changed my life uh
0: kinjas let's go no definitely Short answer, love it. Um, who is
1: the biggest inspiration for you as a mover?
0: Ooh. There are so many. Honestly, like at this point, probably ace. Ace. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 unrealistic lookingness that he yeah. has <laughs> yeah yeah he can straight
1: up be on a ride uh, freaking at uh, on disneyland and you wouldn't know the difference like yeah, this man. guy looks more robotic than the actual <laughs> <robot>. <laughs> yeah. yeah no i'm not mad at you that at all all right um what is your biggest pet peeve
0: Ooh, uh, probably wasting time dig it yeah
1: who's your favorite superhero
0: Hmm. damn that's also tough man i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm gonna go left field and say ghost rider whoa yeah interesting yeah, just because you didn't see that coming. I did not see that. Coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not at all. Not even close. Okay, Ghost Rider. What would be a dream opportunity
0: for you? Ooh, um, I would say to I don't know photograph some like really like like Vogue magazine cover something like that like not necessarily just like to be like, Oh, I photograph for Vogue, but it'd have to be like someone hiring me because of how I create and being Mm. like, yo, we want to pay you to do what you do for us. Sick. Yeah. Okay. All right. What is your biggest fear? Biggest fear. Um, I don't know. It, it may sound like kind of, uh, cliche or whatever, but like my parents are like much older. So my mom is, uh, you know, going to be 16. My dad's about to be 71. So just knowing that they're like up there in age and you know what I mean? Like trying to like, my mom, (laughs) my mom does these like end of life, (laughs) like training sessions. Like she'll have me come over and like deal with the will and like all that kind of stuff. Honestly, all that stuff terrifies me. Like, Mm. like, dang, like this is, this is going to happen someday. And, and that sucks. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that legit, man. If you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? Any superpower in the world? as like thought manifestation, a superpower. (laughs) Absolutely. If you can do it on a level
1: that no (laughs) one else can, that's pretty (laughs) super.
0: (laughs) Let's go with that. Okay. What is your actual superpower? Mm, uh, Patience. Ooh, I agree. You do have a <laughs> superhuman ability to be patient.
1: I must, yeah. I can attest to that firsthand. <laughs> um, first thing that you're going to do when all this is done, when COVID, all this stuff is
0: yesterday's news. Mm. Whenever that is, <sighs> travel somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where yet, but uh, that's a big part of just me being me. Uh I love to experience cultures and people and, you know, make homies all over the world. So I'll travel somewhere. Dope.
1: Dope. Mm -hmm. I think I'd probably say the same. Mm -hmm. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice to 16 year old Phil Garvin, what would you
0: say to yourself? Hmm. One piece of advice for 16 year old Phil Garvin, it would be invest in dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right, still in the
1: dot, dot, dots. There's a ton of things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, really smart. Less of, more of. What do you want to see less of in the world, and also more of in the world?
0: Ooh, that's that can be heavy. Um, I would say I would like to see less uh less negative representation of minorities and more positive representation of minorities let's go let's go yes what is your golden rule your life mantra honestly like my golden rule is the golden rule like just treat others how you want to be treated Mm. that's that's kind of how i i tend to move i have this thing where i uh tell people like manners aren't for like like if i was talking to myself it's like manners aren't for me manners are for everyone else Mm. so like you treat everyone else good because it makes their lives better right and in turn when other people treat you good it makes your life better it doesn't Mm. do anything for me or them like the person being that way you know what i mean but it really is for everyone else so that is how you want to be treated man i dig that it's classic <laughs> yeah. classic
1: for a classic guy yeah. Still, <laughs> man, uh, dude I, I love chopping it up with you always and um, you know it's not every day that we chop it up in in talking about um you know origin stories and history and i think there's so much to so much more to learn about somebody when you get to dig into a little bit of their like you know their history and like where where families um came from to where you grew up i had no idea that you had moved around in all the spaces that you've been in and um you know even like your entrance into kinjas though i knew kind of you know how it went down but Mm -hmm. um but dude you know i don't know man i said uh, you know as i said to you earlier you are a unique one-of-a-kind person um sure as a mover you know that 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 goes without saying and i think that's something that can be seen on a surface level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, um, as I understand even the way that you think, um, you know, even as we were prepping for the allyship series that we just completed, um, you know, you're not the most, I have so much to say about something. Let me throw in all my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when invited to, <laughs> you have yeah, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot in there and there's a well. And I think, There's something to, um, you know, you're, you're a well that like in some ways, like unless you're tapped, (laughs) you're, you're not going to open up. And even as I talk to you now, you know, just understanding your simple, um, philosophy towards dance, but also applies to life applies to even your concept of success. Um, even your pet peeve of like, don't waste time. Um, you know, you are somebody who's very simple in nature, but just because something simple in nature doesn't mean that it's small. It's like, those are the, the simple, but the most essential parts of, you know, uh, of human interaction, like being able to celebrate the people around you, um, staying connected, um, being in, involved in a community that's healthy for you. And, um, and also cutting the fat. I don't need that in my life. I don't need this. Um, I'm actually going to intentionally keep those things away because I don't want that in my life so that I can mm-hmm. focus more on these essential things, yeah, um, dude, then it's, it's so cool to, um, tap into your mind. Um, so thank you for, for coming on and sharing. And, um, yeah, it's always good to get the Kinjas in here. Cause I know that, uh. Well, this is the Kinjas podcast. You know, people want to know who the King <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's Absolutely, man. Um, anything uh to plug? Where can people
0: follow you? Your your socials, all that. Where well, what's good? I mean, I'm all my social media is Phil Garvin, other than my photo stuff, which is uh PGPMD. Um yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge, uh, social media person. <laughs> so it's like, as an artist, that's kind of weird. Cause it's like where we promote ourselves in this time. But like, I don't know. I kind of, uh, honestly, I would say like, if you, if you want to get at me or ask a question or whatever it is, like fill Garvin, Instagram, and just send me a DM. Like well, I'm a, I'm a pretty a- easy dude to talk to. So that's the invite to slide into the DMS. Yeah. That's it. There you go. Do it, do it
1: respectfully though. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, nah, I appreciate it. Phil. Um, yeah. Again, thanks for hopping in um, folks. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you are finding this episode by itself, there are many others before it. Uh, and if you're digging what we do, uh, hop onto your Apple podcast, wherever you're finding your podcast, Leave us that five-star rating, write us a review, let us know what we're doing well, guests that you want to have on or hear. Um, and uh, yeah, take a screenshot of you listening, tag us, Kindred's Podcast, cast with the K on IG and Twitter. We're on Facebook. And um, yeah, let's keep it moving, guys. It's, it's a tough time, we know, but uh, you know, we're, we're learning together. We're inspiring each other through conversation and communication. So stay connected. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Peace out, everybody.